Hello, sports fans. This is Jeremy Taché, and this is Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. If you haven't tried Cold Blue yet, head over to your nearest Total Wine or select Sam's Club's locations to pick up an ice sculpture bottle. It's the perfect refreshing drink to enjoy on its own or in your favorite cocktails, mojitos, Bloody Marys, martinis, Moscow mules, and more. Cold Blue Vodka is gluten-free, crafted from American-sourced corn, and distilled eight times. Easy to sip on, enjoyable, and the best part, no hangover the next day. I repeat, no hangover the next day. Our friends over at Cold Blue Vodka gave us a promo code for our listeners. Head over to coldbluevodka.com and use the code BALLY20 for 20% off. That's one word, B-A-L-L-Y-2-0, for 20% off your online order. Cold Blue Vodka, redefining the blue-collar lifestyle. Now, let's get to the show. And now on Miami Miked Up, we welcome in the podcaster extraordinaire, Duncan Robinson himself. Duncan, thank you for taking the time to join us. No, I appreciate that. I didn't know I was known as a podcaster first, but I'll take it. And that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. Podcaster, podcaster over anything else. Yeah. Highest, well, hey, highest paid podcaster in Miami. Uh, that much we know. Even over go. Dan Levitard. Get that 50 million, <laughs> screw that 50 million. It's Duncan Robinson. Duncan, it's awesome to have you in here. First question for you. What's something recently off the court that has brought you joy? Great question. Um, I've been doing Pilates. I, I picked up Pilates. Uh, I was doing it a couple of years back, and, and then I just kind of fell out of rhythm with it. But I've started back up, and I've definitely enjoyed picking it back up. And you know, I'm just having something off the court that's still physical, um, but but more so just kind of about being present and uh, adding some flexibility. And it's also still a good workout. So I've enjoyed that. Yeah. What about that? Yeah. What about that? Do you enjoy? What's so specific <laughs> about that workout? Like, is it is it the ability to sort of almost meditate within it? Is the the present element of that? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a part of it. Um, just kind of being being present uh, throughout all the exercises and movements, um, and then also just the fact that it does have like translates to on court uh, right, a little bit as well. You know, recovery and, and just getting your muscles feeling better. Uh, and it's also a good workout, so it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone in that regard. I might have to get into it myself. I need to there you go. start getting back into the gym. Not having much going on as is <laughs> obvious by the fact that I'm wearing like 12 layers, so nobody knows. <laughs> Uh, you've had a number of pinch me moments, I imagine, through this ride from D3 to D1 to undrafted to with the team to now the $90 million player. Do you have a moment that stands out on your journey that you remember being like, that's the switch that flipped? Oh, this is, this is real. This is really my life. Was it when you signed this contract most recently? Um, you know, I, I think there's been different reference points um, when, I, when I look back and you know, I think each one contributing to kind of the bigger picture. So it's hard to pick and choose one, uh, but, but definitely early on in my time in Miami and, and really starting to kind of gain confidence and momentum uh, was, was huge for me. Um, you know, feeling the, the belief that this organization and the coaching staff had in me really in my second year, you know, my first year was kind of chaotic, was back and forth between the G League. And my second year, I started to get more and more comfortable. And that also translated to success on the court. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from there, I just started to feel like, all right, you know, this isn't just kind of like one crack at it, but, uh, you know, I might be around uh, for a little while. So uh, that was definitely a great feeling. But then from there, you know, you just keep building on it, uh, just trying to keep pushing and growing. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a position where you can continue to kind of thrive through an organization and and be given those opportunities. So I know that 
as your career has gone along with the Miami Heat, you've gained more and more responsibility. But specifically as a shooter, the highs are very high and I imagine the lows can be very low. Can you speak to the ability to maintain an even-keeled mindset as things are going as great as they can or when you're going through a shooting slump? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's so much of shooting is mental uh, between mm-hmm. the ears and uh, it, it's a skill like anything else that you can develop and start to learn how to, you know, when things are going well, not get too caught up in that. And then when things are going poorly, not get too caught up in that. So I try to just keep it really consistent. And, and where I derive a lot of my consistency is in my routine. You know, I'm a very routine oriented person. So, you know, whether I have a good day, good shooting day, bad shooting day, good shooting game or bad shooting game, my, my preparation and my practice routine stays the same. And that way, you know, you're kind of limiting variables. You know, you're controlling what you can control, uh, which is the reps that you put in and how you put them in. And then on any given night, you know, shots might go in, they might not. You know, shooting is is so fragile in that if, if you go three for ten, you know, you're, you're terrible. And if you go five for ten, you're world class. Uh, you know, literally no one's ever done five of ten on, on that type of volume throughout right. the season. So uh, I try not to get too caught up in the results and more so just stay process driven like that. Yeah, I mean, to be in this business, that's something you very much have to do is go process over results a lot of the time. But yeah. the results are ultimately what what get you the, the contracts, the wins, and all those things that come with it. So I imagine those ups and downs can be very difficult. I actually listened uh, to your podcast with Max Struess in preparation for all of this. Love and, it. and heard you mention uh, Wayne Ellington as a guy who just was stone cold, face the same, no matter whether he's making every single shot or right. nothing else. And I don't know how he was able to do it, but... I do want to talk about you and Max and your relationship. I said to Max earlier, if there was a Disney movie where you were the lead character playing a high school basketball player, he would absolutely looks like the villain on the other team. <laughs> like that's your guys' lives. They've been the same sort of path of this. You're D3, he's D2 coming up. So can you talk to what, it, what it's been like being a leader of someone else who's coming through in a similar path to what you have? Yeah, I mean we're we're close in age, right. so it's it's kind of a weird concept, but I do feel like, you know, I was a couple years before him just in terms of his journey and you know, in that regard, like I feel like a lot of what he's going through and already has gone through, I have been through. So for me, I would be doing myself a disservice, obviously him a disservice, and I really think this whole organization a disservice if I didn't lend a, a helping hand. Um, and just not so much like I'm telling him what to do, but more so just to kind of empathize, like, been there. You know, I've felt that. I, I know what you're going through. So I hope it's helped. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if it has. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it But, has. I mean, uh, you know, that's just a part of it. The, the big thing is the friendship. You know, he's mm-hmm. – good friend of mine and, and somebody that you know, I can rely on to, to be really competitive with and push each other, but then at the same time, you know, be able to step off the court and just enjoy enjoy each other's company as well. It's all about having that empathy for one another and being able to relate to those exactly. types of circumstances. So you are one of the greatest shooters in the world, and to be in that sort of class, not a lot of people can imagine what the feeling is of hitting five, six, seven threes in a row in an NBA game. Can you speak to what that experience, what that adrenaline rush is like? Because I think we all go, oh, man, imagine how it would feel to, you know, slam dunk or whatever. (laughs) But to have like that moment where you're unstoppable in a game, can you speak to just what that feels like in the middle of one of those moments? Or is it not something that you can process? I mean, yeah, it's it's obviously what everyone's going for. It's kind of like that that flow state um, or whatever you want to call it, where 
you know, so much of your your instincts and your preparation just start to take over, and, and it's less about thinking um, and more about just kind of being out there and and being feeling super connected with your teammates. Uh, the ball, the rim, everything just feels so fluid. So it's obviously a great feeling, uh, and then also just like kind of imposing that that fear in your competition of oh no like we can't let him get open again that that's a great feeling as well uh definitely something that that i enjoy yeah that's got that's the feel that i'm talking about where everybody's game planning for you and looking around like oh how do we stop this guy it's got to just be a remarkable feeling on the nba floor and as you guys continue to progress obviously this team while last night was a big offensive oriented first half this team prides itself on defense and as you've been here, we've watched you grow as a defender. You have gotten to be a, a steady defender as you've been here. And so when you have guys that are added, like PJ and Markeith, and you already have Bam and Jimmy, Kyle, these these defensive-oriented guys, can you talk about what it feels like to be out there with that group playing your part on the defensive end and the confidence it gives you? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge luxury uh, to be around individual defenders like that. You know, all all those guys can really, really hound and, and guard the ball. Uh, but they're also super selfless defensively in that they're willing to cover up for mistakes. So, you know, for me, uh, you know, whatever I might lack in – in you know, lateral quickness or whatever you want to say, uh, for me, it's just most important about being in the right spots and being held accountable to that. You know, knowing that I'm not going to miss a rotation, knowing that I'm not going to miss a, uh, you know, being in the pain on the weak side, like that sort of thing, uh, and that you know they can always rely on me to, to cover for them in those instances because they're you know what their strength is they they can be really de- aggressive defensively mm-hmm. get in passing lanes cause disruptions that sort of thing so for me it's all about you know being really really solid uh, but then also like you know you never want to be the the weak link right so uh, there's also the competitive nature of like, all right, if, if these guys are crawling into the ball and guarding, like, I gotta, I gotta step up my game as well. Certainly. All right, yeah. let's talk about the long shot pod. I know, obviously, you put in a lot of work into this podcast. Uh, for everyone who wants to tune in and listen, can you give a little bit of the origin story as to how the long shot podcast came about? Yeah, it uh, it basically just started out. Um, you know, for the the longest time, I had kind of been not necessarily neglecting, but maybe not fully leaning into kind of the platform that I had. You know, for me, uh, generic social media was not, never really felt like a genuine way to to interact with people. Um, And that's just for me personally. I know other people do a much better job of it than (laughs) I do. Uh, So I was looking for kind of an avenue or or kind of a forum to do that. And uh, I had, I was approached with an opportunity. I'd been on various podcasts and kind of enjoyed the banter and, and the back and forth. And uh, JJ Reddick, who's a, a great mentor right. of mine and good friend, was starting a, a production company and had done his own podcast and basically had an opportunity for me to kind of start something uh, up under his umbrella. And awesome. uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great experience. Um, just love being able to connect with people, build relationships, and storytell. You know, I'm I'm far more comfortable being on the question asking <laughs> side than, than the question answering side. Sure. So for me to kind of wear that hat and, and ask questions and uh, allow people to kind of like step into the the light of telling their story has definitely been enjoyable. That's why I chose this job. I enjoy yeah. some of those same things. Did you do any sort of broadcasting or anything when you were at Michigan? No, never any broadcasting. Um, but I, I had a little podcast that I did with a buddy of mine, a there teammate of mine there, uh, just to kind of cover like a, a NCAA tournament run that we went on and provide some additional insight. So it was a good experience. I'm mad that I didn't know that was happening. I remember yeah. that run. It was a blast. I would have yeah. loved to listen. Uh, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll go back retroactively. It would be interesting. Uh, do you have a favorite or a dream podcast guest on 
that is not in sports. So a non-sports podcast guest for the long shot. Because I've heard all the sports ones. Everybody yeah. always asks you the sports yeah. ones. I want to know somebody outside. Good question. Uh, I'll give you two. Two entirely different directions. Uh, one would be uh, Lil Dicky, Dave Bird. Yeah. Uh, oh, huge, my God. Yeah. Dave is so good. That yeah. show is so good. Yeah. Super, like, introspective guy. Yeah. And, and I would just love to allow him to kind of highlight his story and, and kind of the process uh, in which he goes through to not only like creatively create the, the work that he does, uh, but then also just the decision to like step away from an incredibly comfortable life and, and take a big risk. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great one. And then uh, I guess I would, the other one would be Barack Obama. I mean, I think it was a great one yeah, um, in terms of a long shot uh, doing something that's Gosh. never been done. So mm. I think he's a, would be another great guest. You are right that those are two polar opposite ends yeah, of the two spectrum. totally different. I, re I really like the way you went yeah. with that. All right. Last question for you before we do wrap up here. Obviously, this team has championship expectations. You guys have a number of all-NBA caliber players, let alone the amount of all-star caliber players and beyond. With the Nets ahead of you, with the Bucks ahead of you, the defending champions, the Sixers, all these teams in your path, what makes you believe that this Miami Heat team is a championship team? I think that, that we have a very clear-cut identity uh, and that we really know how we can win games and, and what to kind of like hang our hat on. And you know, I think teams go through the entirety of a season trying to find that identity around playoff time. And there'll still be some some feeling it out with us. But I think when you just look at us on paper, uh, it's very clear kind of who we can be. And it's basically something that nobody really wants to play against. You know, somebody who's going to make it tough every single possession uh, defensively, you know, battle it out, grind it out, that sort of game. And then on offense, just get the ball at the floor, play with pace, share the ball. Um, I think that we really enjoy playing with one another and experiencing other people's success, which is, you know, pretty uh, atypical in this league. So to have that is uh, is, is definitely a luxury, and, and I think it's kind of what potentially could separate us. Well, we look forward to watching the season as you guys go along. Appreciate you being willing to answer the questions as opposed to asking them, and hopefully we can have you on again sometime soon. Thank you, Duncan Robinson, for joining Miami Mike Up. Of course. Appreciate you having me on. Today's episode of Miami Miked Up is brought to you by Cold Blue Vodka, redefining the blue-collar lifestyle. You guys know we love Cold Blue Vodka for its refreshing taste and smooth finish. Pick up an ice sculpture bottle at your nearest Total Wine or select Sam's Club's locations. You can also head over to coldbluevodka.com and use code BALLY20 for 20% off. That's one word, B-A-L-L-Y-2-0, for 20% off your first order. You need to try Cold Blue Vodka for all your favorite mixed drinks. Or chill a bottle and enjoy it all on its own. Thanks again to our amazing partners over at Cold Blue Vodka for sponsoring this episode of Miami Miked Up. And on this episode of Miami Miked Up, we now have Caleb Martin joining the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. Caleb, first question for you. What is something off the court that has brought you joy recently? Recently? Uh, I play video games. Like I play Call of Duty. I don't know if I would say it brings me a lot of joy because <laughs> it kind of... It gets me the most irritated at the same time, but <laughs> but yeah, I, like I fish a lot. Like I, one of my nice. biggest hobbies is fishing, so I love fishing. So anytime, anytime I do that, I'm, it's gotta be nice yeah. to be down here near the water, then. Yeah, exactly. I got used to the. I'm used to like the lake pond fishing, not uh -huh. the ocean fishing. So I gotta get used to that. What's the difference in adjusting your game there? 
just bigger fish. I ain't trying to get on nothing that's going to pull me in the water, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that in a pond or something, but out here, so I just got to watch where I throw my pole at. Right, yeah, based off where you were playing before, it's certainly not uh, this this type of ocean fishing, that's <laughs> nah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you head into a season like this with the Miami Heat, you're on a two-way contract. You have a showing like you did last night in, in the late stages of that first preseason game. You were all over the place. Can you speak to the mindset that you have to be in when you're on that two-way contract coming into a place like Miami where you know guys have risen from those two-way contracts before to start them. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like you said, like it's just knowing where you're at and how they, u- how they utilize their two ways and stuff in, in, uh, in the past. And and I don't really look at it like, you know, I'm on a two-way, I got to go get a contract, like whatever. Obviously, that's the that's the goal, but... You know what I mean? I just look at it as an opportunity to play. I'm just mm. playing. So when I'm on the court, I'm just trying to do everything I can do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't try to – when I'm in the course of the game, I'm not trying to think like, oh, man, I'm trying to get this converted by this time or whatever. I'm just trying to play and make sure I, you know, do what I got to do to make sure we win and also, you know what I mean, play my game at the same time. Certainly. And, and you're a player who's had an impact in this league. You you know what it what it feels like to impact the game in this league. So – when you talk about the heat culture and mm-hmm. everything that comes with that, it seems like you're the type of player who is made for it. Can you tell me what was attractive about Miami to you and this opportunity? Exactly what you said. It's the culture. Like everything I've heard, you know, about Miami through, you know, peers and, you know, different players and staff or whatever. Um, it's all kind of the same thing where it's like their culture, the conditioning, the mindset, you know, all that. So like I like you said, I feel like it, it was the perfect mold for me to fit in. And I feel like that's what I try to bring on to my on the court every time I play, and really just in life in general. You know, what I mean, just attacking stuff the same way. So, you know, uh, and I just feel like, you know, obviously, I feel like the organization has a chip on their shoulder, so they, they they like bringing guys in with chips, and that's how I've always played. You know, when you always feel like you're always been behind the eight ball, always having to prove yourself no matter what you do. So, I think that's the type of culture and, and feel I got when I got here, and I was like, man, I just felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, from the jump. So, you know, I remember, uh, I remember the run you and your brother made uh, a few years back in in, in the tournament, yeah. and and that type of attitude of just like, all right, we're we're coming for everything. Yeah, um, mid-major you, or not, it don't matter. Yeah, I just realized. So, your brother, your brother, you and Cody are twins, correct? Yeah. Right. So that means there's now two sets of twins here yeah. on the Miami Heat. Have you talked with Markeith about that? About yeah. growing up with twins? What 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 are those conversations like? He actually gave me a lot of good insight on you know because I asked him like how was it whenever y'all split up for the yeah. first time because he went to the same thing and I know their relationship is you know just like me and my brothers mm-hmm. they're like super they're be- close they're best friends so mm-hmm. uh he just told me I mean obviously it's like it's gonna be a little tough an adjustment obviously if you could play with your twin forever you would you know what I mean but just going through that he was just like you know it sucks at first but like it's good it's ultimately it's good for your career you know what I mean and you know what I mean that the good thing about technology we have FaceTime we have phone calls or whatever so it's not as bad as it would be like back in the day or something but right you know what I mean um at the end of the day, you got to make sacrifice to get where you want to get. So at the end of the day, you know, we, we know we're going to come out together. Every mm-hmm. every chance we get, every break we get. So it's it's not too bad. It's well, been sizing. And in speaking with Markeith, he talked about how, like, for him, there is not even a sibling rivalry. Like I said, right. oh, you know, are you talking smack about having a ring while your brother doesn't? He's like, <laughs> no, nah, man, I won that for the Morris family. Like, that's right. that's us. And it seems like you have a similar sort of mentality there with your brother. Yeah. How has it been adjusting to being on your own for really the first time? You know, how has that been for you? Uh, I think it's been a little different, but, like, it's it's been a lot better than, than expected. And I think a lot of that has to do with, 
me being welcomed, you know, into in, into the culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and just me grinding and, and me just playing every day and working out every day kind of keeps your mind off of it. But ultimately, I'm around great guys and great vets, and they've made it easy to transition easy. You know what I mean? Like, and especially having another twin has went through the same similar situation where it's like, you know, he's like you said, he's giving me great advice on how to, you know, just move past that and just make sure you stay focused. It's awesome. And, and for, for the folks here with the Heat who, who don't know a lot about your game already, right, who haven't watched a ton of other NBA basketball, what are three words you would use to describe your play? Uh, I'd say, like, grimy is one. Mm. Um, Love that here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Another one would just be energy and um, versatile. Okay, yeah. I mean, those are those are three things that we certainly love to hear in a Miami Heat uniform, yeah. using versatile players, especially on the defensive end, like you showed off last night in that preseason game. So uh, we have two other partners here with Bally Sports. So we have the Miami Heat. We also have the Miami Marlins. We have the Florida Panthers. So that's baseball and hockey. Okay. If you were not a basketball player of those two sports, which would you prefer to play? Baseball, easily. Baseball for sure. Why is that? I was actually, I feel like I was actually better than baseball than I was in basketball. Growing really? Up, yeah, growing up, yeah. Okay, I was, I more details. How, yeah, did that, I, how did that come to be? Why did you choose basketball over baseball then? I just fell in love with the pace of basketball. Yep. Like me and my brother just, you know, because in baseball, you know, you have an error. It might take a little bit for you to come back and correct that error. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't like that. I like having, if I mess up, I want the chance to get it back. Yeah. So like in basketball, it's like, dang, I missed a shot. I'm going to come down there and steal the ball. I'm going to come down and get a rebound. So I, I like the fact that I was getting opportunities every, every on each end of the floor. That's the part about baseball that is so rough is the amount of failure yeah. is just insane. But I was a pitcher, though, too. So, like, I, yep. I, I did in that aspect, I got more chances than my, you know. My brother was a pitcher, too, but mm-hmm. he played pitcher and shortstop. I was, okay. I mean, I played pitcher and shortstop. He was pitcher in uh, center field. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so there's automatically a little bit more opportunity, number one, in the infield, number two, when you're on the mound. Exactly, so exactly. to have a chance to kind of make up for mistakes. I, As a baseball player in high school, it, it, anytime you made a mistake, you want to beat yourself up, and then it can yeah. take it take for a while, an hour yeah, before so you like have an opportunity. The same you're just sitting there time. beating yourself up, especially if you end on an out, and then it's, all right, days before yeah. the next one. That's why I feel like my attitude was a lot worse. Like if I like struck out or something like that, I, I feel like my attitude was probably a lot worse mm. when I was playing baseball because I was like, dang, it's going to take a while for me to – Correct that, so I'd be ready to throw my helmet. Get the opportunity to come back out there. Trust me, same way. I completely understand that. The ultra competitive. Uh, What is your best talent outside of basketball? Probably cornhole. Cornhole. I'm nice at cornhole. Nice at cornhole. We'll have to we'll have to set up a little tailgate for everybody at one of these like UM games or something. Get everybody out there for some cornhole. That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. Anybody can come get it. Get cold blue vodka to sponsor that tailgate, huh? Huh? <laughs> Anywho, uh, so uh, what do you believe will be the identity of this specific group this season? Man, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, dogs, mm-hmm. I think. You know, what I mean, I, just like a dog mentality. Like I can tell that even if things are going to go wrong, you know, you can tell whenever you're like on a team and you know when things are going to go wrong, where guys will fold mm-hmm. and like just kind of throwing, you know, throw the white flag, throwing the towel. But I feel like with this group, it's like even if you know things are going wrong and you know you're probably going to come out with a loss, like we're going to play to the end. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I can feel the difference. Like, you know what I mean? So and just because I just feel like those are the type of guys that we have, even in the even in the vets that we have, it's like it's easy for vets to be like, all right, all right, we're not worried about this. You know what I mean? All right, we're down by 20. We're not worried about this. Uh, 
about this loss. But right. You can tell with them that it's going to – it'll eat at them too, just like the guy at the bottom of the roster. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why I like – that's why I think I'd fit here because, like, it was so weird coming from college, the transition to where it's like some games you can tell matter, some games you can t- hmm. you can tell that don't. But with me, I felt like every game mattered. You know what I mean? Right. So, because to me, it's a game is a game, whether you got eighty two or not. A game 100%. is a game. Or loss is a loss, or wins a win. So, like that's how I kind of looked at it. So it was hard for me to be like just go about a, a game where you're just like, oh, we'll just let this one go. Uh, it, it it just really don't sit well with me. So, I, I like I like the vibe here like that. Yeah, it's certainly that type of atmosphere here with the Miami Heat. Right. And we know that this is a team with championship expectations. Exactly. Let's be realistic about it. That's what the Miami Heat are trying to go for this season. So when you see the teams that are out there ahead of you in the Eastern Conference, yeah. when you look at the Bucks, who are the reigning champions, you look at the Nets, and, and the list goes on and on of those yeah. types of teams. What does make you believe that this will be a championship team? I think, like I said, just it's just the difference. It's like, you know, we're going to take uh, – I mean, we're going to take every game to heart, you know what I mean? And, like, we're going to make sure it carries over to the next. You know what I mean? We're not going to – you know, we'll, we'll, you can tell, like, where attention to, the attention to detail here is – is different you know obviously this is only my second organization but like you you know stuff when you see it at mm. the end of the day like it's even it doesn't matter where you're at like when you see it and you can see like how detailed it is and how important it is to everybody like that's that's when you can tell I feel like that's that's like a winning culture you know what I mean so like I've been on a winning team before so I know what it feels like characteristic wise and approach wise what it means to win and obviously it hasn't been in the league so this is my first time seeing in you know in the league so I'm still learning day by day as it goes too but if they're approaching it a certain way like that then you best believe the 17th man whatever is going to approach got to approach it the same way so right well we look forward to seeing you and whatever your role is with the Miami Heat this season Caleb Martin thank you so much for joining us on Miami Mic'd Up thank y'all for having me appreciate that absolutely You are listening to Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. Let me talk about this bottle for a second. This is something you don't see every day. For those of you listening, it is an ice sculpture design that honestly looks like a piece of art. It really stands out on the shelf, so it'll be hard to miss when you head over and pick up your bottle at your nearest Total Wine or Sam's Club locations. And this ice sculpture design on the outside is just as smooth as the great taste on the inside. You guys need to try Cold Blue because it is premium quality, one of the only liquors that doesn't give me a hangover the next day. Follow Cold Blue Vodka on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Blue Vodka. That's C-O-L-B-L-E-U-V-O-D-K-A for South Florida events and new recipes. All right. Now joining us on Miami Mic'd Up, we have KZ Akpala. KZ, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, first question for you is what is something off the court recently that has brought you joy? Mm, off the court, uh, ooh, I like music and I like fashion. Okay. I Let, like, I like clothes, materials. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's delve into it. Let's delve into Come both on. of them. Come All on. right. So talking about music, who are some of your favorite artists? What type of music do you like? What, what do you gravitate toward? Uh, re- recently I've been really listening to Jodeci. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but f- with me, I listen to everything for the most part. Okay. Uh, I like old school. I like new school. <sighs> I like, I like it all. You, you name it. You name <laughs> you it. You have a favorite new album recently? 
right now I'm listening to Highway. Okay. He's from I think he's from Seattle, I believe. Uh that's what I've been listening to. I'm from I'm from Cali. Yeah. So I listen to Cali music, like LA artists. West Coast vibes. For sure, for sure. I know it's not big out here <laughs> in the East Coast and stuff like that. You'll bring it out here. I try, bro. I'll be trying yeah. to play for my teammates and stuff Are like that. Are they not that. into it? They don't give it a chance. What, are the, di- they, what they, are the differences? They say it all sound the same. You know what I mean? We got, <laughs> we got uh, the West Coast. We had it for a minute with, with Dre and yeah. Snoop. You know what I mean? We had it for a minute, but we lost it right now. Mm. You know what I mean? We down bad, but we're going to make it back. All right. Back all to right. the number one spot in a little bit, yup. <laughs> and when you talk about uh, style and fashion and all of that, what do you mean you're into that? Like, what have you been looking into your own sort of fashion this offseason, trying to step up your game? Is there, what type of stuff's been going on? <laughs> um,. I mean, I don't really think, look at it like step up. I, yeah. I got my own speed, my own lane. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's only me and my lane. You feel me? <laughs> I, like I don't think there's no competition when it comes to clothes. Everybody, everybody uh, has their own lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I grew up a certain way, and that affects the way I dress. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel that 100. I grew up, I grew up uh, in Orange County, California, like skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you see that in the way I dress and. Growing up, the only thing that really changes, the fit and and how I dress for the most part is similar, but like the materials is what's changing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what does yeah. that what does that mean? What materials are you into? So the materials now, you know what I mean? Nicer materials. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I got some money, nicer materials, but the but the same. It's all the same thing. Like you know what I mean? I might walk out and you might say, you might it may not look expensive, or it may not look like I'm doing much, but. But you know, there's some effort put in there. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you know, you know. It's one uh-huh. of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, being from the West Coast, do you think that that influenced why you're so into music and to fashion and things like that? Do you think that that sort of Cali lifestyle is what brought that out of you? Uh, I have no idea when it comes to music. I think music is just like some people, like man, like they be listening to a song, like it can change everything. You know what I mean? I'm like, totally that way. You know what I mean? But some yeah. people, some people, I talk to some people. They say music's kind of like elevating music. It's like background music. To me, I can't understand that. At I all. can't understand that. Some people be like, "Oh yeah, they go in the car." Every time I go in the car, for the most part, I'm blasting that music and I'm mm-hmm. into it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's an activity. Me driving, listening to music. Like, but some people, okay, like they'd rather FaceTime or do other stuff. Like for me, it's when I'm in the car, like it's music time. One hundred percent. I'm someone. I will literally like drive around longer than what? I need to Come just on. around my neighborhood Hell just yeah. to listen to music. Hell yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the whole vibe. Well, so being from California, being from Orange County, you then went up to Palo Alto. Yep. You you were out west your whole youth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm a Cali boy. So now real. to be here on the East Coast, what are the differences for you? What do you, obviously you're here, you know, on these Florida beaches. Uh-huh. Difference between Florida beaches and Cali beaches. What's going on there? Do you like one better than the other? What are the differences between the East Coast and the West Coast for you? Uh, for me, uh, Florida is, is um, I feel like in L.A. and just Orange County, like, I feel like you can't compare Orange County to Miami, but you, I guess you can compare L.A. to Miami. It's easier. So if I'm comparing those two, I say L.A. is more, um, more culture and who you know. You know what I mean? Not anybody can get into the club in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in Miami, it's more just money. Every, Girls gravitate to money in Miami, but in LA it's more like style, uh, who you know, connections. Okay. I don't know which one's better. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But in Miami it's more flashy, change. Sure. You know what I mean? Everybody you you want you want to get a girl's attention, you gotta have diamonds around your neck. I got no diamonds, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
I got none. I got zero. For yeah, real, you're going real. with that skater lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest difference. Were you much of a skateboarder or was that Hell just yeah. sort of... Oh, you are. So, all right. Every Christmas, or my, my, that's what I got. You got a new skateboard. Every Christmas. So, yeah. all right. So let's talk about skateboarding. What about What about skateboarding? do you believe you can relate in terms of the skill to basketball? Like what about growing up skateboarding helped you become a good basketball player? Uh, trial and error practice, you know what I mean? You got to push yourself, you're going to get hurt, you know what I mean? And, that, and, and it shows if you, if you can really do it or not, you know what I mean? Early yeah. on you know you can do it or not. And with basketball too, early on you know you can do it or not because basketball is tough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're going to get pushed. With skateboarding you're going to get pushed. You see other people doing tricks, you going down a five-stair someone just snapped like concussion you know what I mean yeah I see my brother snap his snap his neck like bad like getting, getting concussions and all that but if you really love it and you, you know what I mean you gonna you know what I mean street street skating you don't wear helmets you know what I mean right so it, it, you gotta be tough you gotta be tough to skateboard and then same with hoops you know what I mean mm-hmm a lot of a lot of, a lot of obstacles when it comes to hoops playing pickup that's how that's how I started playing basketball just pickup in the parks so I was playing against the other kids so stuff like that like they going to talk crazy everybody going to talk crazy the atmosphere is always up you know what I mean so, right so yeah there's a lot of similarities and, yeah. and skill there's both there's both so much skill in both I, I am someone who cannot even stand on a skateboard without yeah, like the balance, balance al- element of it and oh, I imagine yeah. that that's something that helps you as you're driving to the hoop, right? Maintaining for balance sure. consistently like that. For so sure. to be able to transfer those skills and we will, we'll move to basketball now. Okay. You had the Olympic experience yep. this summer. Yep. I, I want to hear all about it. I was just talking with Gabe okay. to be able to represent Nigeria specifically and to be able to make the run that you guys did. Could you speak to just how special that was for you alongside a couple of your teammates? I'll, I'll include Precious in that, oh, who yeah. obviously is no longer here with the mm-hmm. Heat. Uh, I mean, it was just a blessing to represent, um, uh, my parents' country, where they come from, um, just uh, the brotherhood, uh, the bond that I that I that I share with those guys. You know what I mean? We 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 share something special now, just just going through what we went through. So um, yeah, it was a blessing for real, for real. To be honest. And how do you believe that the skills that you gained through that process, or the work that you did through that process, will help transfer to the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I've, over there, uh, Mike Brown told me I'm picking up full court. So that was big, you know what I mean? Just knowing that I can guard smaller dudes and really uh, affect them, uh, press up into them, you know what I mean? Uh, picking up full court is a skill, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, and it's something like, can you do it the entire game, the entirety of the game? So I think that that's something that I know now. Like, like whenever whenever I need to, I'm, I'm to it. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. I know I can do it. So, well, yeah. and it's obvious that you're a guy who prides yourself on your defensive prowess. And now, this was already a great defensive team with guys like you. Bam, Jimmy. Now you bring in P.J. Tucker, Markeith Morris, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Can you talk about just how enjoyable it is for you to be a part of a team with that type of defensive identity? Yeah, I mean, I, it's just perfect. You know what I mean? It's a perfect fit. You know what I mean, everybody takes pride on that end, and I think that's the biggest thing. Everybody takes pride. You know what I mean. So if you, if you're not doing to the capability of, of of how you're supposed to be doing it, everyone's gonna get on you. They're gonna get on you. They're gonna know. I mean, they're gonna make sure that you uh, up to par and doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, and you're one guy here who is just part of a number of different pieces that come together to be this Miami Heat basketball team, and and that's really what it is. It's a collection of pieces, a exactly. number of guys filling roles. Yeah. 
So when you look at this team and then you look across the Eastern Conference at teams like the 76ers, the Bucks, the Nets, and the challenges that are ahead of you, what makes you believe that this season's Miami Heat team is a championship-level team? Uh, I think we're deep. You know what I mean? That's, the, that's, that's one thing. We're deep. But at the same time, we got all the talent in the world and we got all the superstars we need. You know what I mean? So I think just everything, everything that a championship team needs, we have. You know what I mean? Coaching, all that. Like, so... At this point, it's just we got we're ready. We got to just take it at this point. Well, obviously, we can't wait to see you guys out there. The Cali kid, KZ Akpala, yeah. thank you for joining yeah, us here on Miami Mike Thank you for having Mike me, for real, for real. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.